Ladies and gentlemen, goobers and ghouls, dear listeners, welcome back to Fear Boners. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling episode of Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and we here at Fear Boners are getting ready to celebrate the biggest, baddest, greenest holiday there is. Yes, St. Patrick's Day, the day of St. Pat is coming this weekend. And to celebrate, we've decided to review one of the most storied horror franchises ever with its eighth installment of Leprechaun Returns. And to celebrate, I've invited my biggest, most Irish brother from another mother, the sweet, baby-faced, fair-haired, Swedish giant Sean Bukowski is here to, to help me to help me celebrate and talk about this film. Sean, how are you doing? Oh, hot, 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 hot. top of the morning to you, Andrew. Top of the morning to you too. That was that was that was a great convincing accent. I feel like we learned a lot from watching this film because the accents that sort of come and go throughout this entire film. We'll get into it, but there's a lot of fun accents that we're, we'll be working with this evening. Woefully aware as I am about how horrible my accent is, yes, I feel it easily competes with some of the fake Irish accents throughout the uh, Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> Well, there's the one dude in this one who like sounds like he's Irish and he's trying to hide his accent or he's trying to fake like an Irish accent. That that bothered me, and we'll get into that a little bit more when we dig into the movie. But I wanna I wanna talk about how this came about. Now, I know we sort of compared notes before we hopped on here and started recording, but essentially what had happened was I woke up on my day off and I was about to leave the house and I noticed down the hill right by where where the steps to my apartment begin where our mailbox is there was a little green man and i'm not talking about an alien i'm talking about i mean i i hate to use the l word if we're not talking about the movie uh, eponymously that we're going to be referencing this evening but i believe it was a leprechaun that had basically stuffed a dvd copy of this film into my mailbox and you know i, I hope it wasn't a pirated copy but essentially we we decided to go with it and and do the do the recording because it almost felt like a little bit of a veiled threat. I don't know about you, but I felt a little uncomfortable not reviewing this movie. And now you you were telling me you had a similar experience, right? I was similar, but not exactly the same in that mine wasn't quite, oh, there was a self-aware little green man sticking something into my mailbox, but rather there was a drunken little green man stumbling down the way and ultimately while hindsight is twenty twenty, had I known that when he offered to grant me a wish that I could have asked for something more, I ultimately asked for a copy of this movie so that I could view it and we could review. Ah, uh, wish fulfilled. A wish fulfilled indeed. Now this movie, it was something else. It was definitely more than more than I was expecting. 
Uh, but before we dig right into the nitty gritty of this green little shitty movie, let's get into what we're drinking and what we're watching as per usual. Sean, what, what are you currently drinking? What have you been watching? Well, currently, I am not drinking anything at this exact moment. However, prior to starting our recording and this conversation itself, I had just finished a beer that I had bought for St. Patty's Day, though got into it early. Uh, Killian's Irish Red. There you go. There you go. Feeling the spirit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, watching? I haven't been watching, actually, too many movies other than I did... Uh, review some of the other Leprechaun movies in preparation. Uh, but there is a horror movie that I do enjoy that I recently rewatched. Uh, it's something that I had seen several times before. It's called The Triangle. It's a psychological thriller about the Bermuda Triangle. And a spoiler that's not exactly a spoiler because you find out about halfway through the film. It's ultimately about a never-ending time loop that leads to many, many deaths. And yeah, it's, it's messed up, it's confusing, but it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I think I remember that one. There's like some weird, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's like a weird time travel element kind of too, right? It is. It's almost as if the day itself just repeats, but not in a groundhog type way where he's conscious of everything that passed it's almost like when the day continues rather than resets the character it's following continues on as if it's a linear progression in time not realizing that there is another copy of them or another or another as they progress each day and day and day and it gets pretty wacky, but uh, if you're a fan of time travel, it doesn't necessarily touch on the stereotypical definition of time travel, but throws out some good points to think about if you ever ponder time travel itself. And which we all should. I mean, really, next year is 2020, the whole goddamn ass future. So we better have time travel soon, you know, if you, if you catch my drift. We're going to have flying cars and Marty McFly hoverboards and all that shit. We better have time travel, too. As long as we can get JCVD to regulate that. <laughs> We're definitely going to need some time cops. But yeah, that's that's great. I mean, the, the Bermuda Triangle is definitely a lot spookier than the Bridgewater Triangle, which is a, a weird little geographical area up here in New England that we did a, a review of a movie, a, a little documentary about that, that seemed a little, a little hokey. I don't think you're going to have any spooky harm time travel element films made about the Bridgewater Triangle. So definitely, definitely a little bit more scared of the Bermuda Triangle. But yeah, no, I remember that one. That's a, that's a good one. Well, as far as what I'm drinking, I'm actually not drinking anything alcoholic tonight to save myself for the weekend of copious amounts of cheap green beer, I'm sure. Uh, but I did, you can bet your ass that I stopped at McDonald's and got a shamrock shake on the walk home from the train to gear up for this podcast. But I did, uh, I did actually go to, go to McDonald's, ask for a shamrock shake, and the guy looked at me like it was the 500th one that he poured today, kind of rolled his eyes, poured the shake, gave it to me, and I looked at it, and I was like, this is, this is it's, not, it's not really green. And he's like, man, I've been pouring these all day. I don't know. Maybe we're out of green. It just, it is what it is. And I'm like, okay, sure. They're so I took it. Green. 
Well, it was like kind of green. It was like mint green. It wasn't really like Kelly green, like everything is on St. Patrick's Day. So I wasn't really feeling the vibe of it. So I did stop at the other corner store that's literally across the street from McDonald's and get a little uh, McGillicuddy's menthol mint schnapps and tossed uh, one or two of those in there and drank in public like a responsible human being. But, you know, nobody's nobody's going to bother you if you're drinking a little McDonald's milkshake. Nobody's thinking you're doing anything nefarious, especially in my neck of the woods. So I got, yeah, okay, so I said I wasn't drinking anything alcoholic, but I did get a little Irish on the way home. But yeah, so tuning in for, for this podcast, getting ready, getting pumped, I did the other day watch this movie again on Shudder. I'm always talking about the movies on Shudder. It's called November. I don't know if you've seen it up there, Sean. I saw the little thumbnail for it, but I haven't looked into it now. I would recommend it if you have like two and a half hours to kill. It is a very long movie. It's a very intense kind of, I hate to use the word artsy, but it's basically like an Estonian film in like very high contrast black and white, but it is a gorgeous movie. And it's all about weird folk tales. It takes place. I don't know if they really give you like a, a time, but you can tell it takes place, you know, hundreds of years ago. And there's the the ruling class and the peasants. And most of the characters that you follow are the peasants and there's a farm boy who falls in love with a baroness and all this weird shit happens. And there's these moments where the, the peasants basically go to a crossroads and it happens a few times throughout the movie and they trade their souls. They, fit, they, they pretend to trade their souls, but they somehow trick the devil into taking berry juice instead of their blood. And then they manage to bring about these farm implements come to life and become their servants it's weird it's all like based on weird estonian folktales so all this strange shit happens throughout the film there's a part where they steal the baron's underwear and they're like sniffing the underwear and they love it because none of them have real underwear and they just want like fresh underwear there's a part where there's a a, a woman who comes to town but nobody knows who she is and so the metaphor of her character is supposed to be a plague and when they tell the townsfolk, they're like, oh, there's a plague. Everybody needs to, to hide inside and do this. The, the mayor of town, you, know, you don't really know if he's a mayor. They're like a loose congregation of people. He basically tells everyone, okay, take your pants off and put them up over your head. Because if the plague shows up and sees that we all have two asses, it's not even going to want to touch us. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. There's a scene where a dude eats an entire bar of soap. It's it's not a hard horror movie, but it's weird enough to be enjoyable and weird enough to be freaky at times. Like there's definitely some weird stuff, like a talking snowman at one point. Might be a good movie to get high and watch. I don't know, but I just enjoyed it for what it was. It's very long, but it's it's a gorgeous movie and it's really weird. So November, if you have Shutter, if you have another way to watch it, definitely check it out. It's a fun one, especially if you enjoy estonian history and folklore i guess i've been to estonia once and i don't remember seeing any of that stuff so yeah well before we go on too many tangents let's dig right in so sean there's been eight leprechaun movies correct this this is the eighth movie and it was it was Brought up to me as a reboot, but that's not technically the case. Technically, the one that came out in 2014 was a reboot. It was supposed to restart the whole franchise. This does what Halloween did, and it's technically supposed to be the, a direct sequel to the first one, and we're supposed to forget all the rest of them happened, right? Right. So the way I see it is, while, yes, story-wise, it is actually a continuation of the story from the very first Leprechaun movie. 
However, I think in being a reboot, it's supposed to be a relaunch for the franchise to start again because mm-hmm. of what a failure Leprechaun's Origins, the one a couple years ago, actually was. Yeah. Well, it had so the one the one good thing about it is it did have Hornswoggle from the WWE in it. The little oh, the little the little guy who always dressed up like a leprechaun and I think he was actually more recently in the Royal Rumble, which was kind of fun to watch because one of the it was he showed up during the women's Royal Rumble and one of the one of the women participating was like terrified of him for some reason. And it was just great to see like a little leprechaun crawl out from under the ring again. But yeah, so he was the leprechaun. So this is actually not the first time that the leprechaun was not Portrayed Warwick Davis. Davis. Yeah, yeah, our favorite leprechaun. And we can get into it at any point throughout this conversation, but so the way that the leprechaun movies are set up, technically, even with, while the, as you referred to the Halloween franchise, the newest one sort of cancels out the others being canon, the way that the leprechaun franchise is set up even though Warwick Davis plays all the leprechauns, they're not necessarily linked and could potentially be completely different leprechauns altogether. Uh, oh, okay. So with the exception of two of the eight, this is uh, potentially two of the eight, other eight. This is potentially the only time that one of the leprechaun movies actually continues on from one of the previous Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, he kind of has been all over the place. Some of the other movies, because there were two Leprechaun in the Hoods, right? He went right. to the Hood, and but then he went to the those are, Even the second in the Hood isn't a continuation from the first one. Yeah, it's just, oh, man. Well, that was, so, we'll get into it. There's we're, I, I have my notes here. We're going to kind of go through a little bit chronologically. We'll try not to jump all over the place um, too much, but uh, there's a lot to unpack here. The production itself, Leprechaun Returns, um, was released a little while ago. It's a sci-fi pictures original, which you always know when you see that band, you're like, well, this could either be really great or total shit. But because I believe the entirety, actually, maybe not, I, I don't know for sure, but it's also a Lionsgate film, and Lionsgate puts out really good movies, mm-hmm. especially like their horror movies are always really great. So I feel like the co-production of this film by both sci-fi and Lionsgate made it more enjoyable like it got me more excited when i did see lionsgate was working on it as well but the movie itself we're sort of given this setup and if you're ready are you ready to jump right in sean oh absolutely i'm ready to to go some some four-leaf clovers all right so we're introduced to this girl and she is supposed to be jennifer anderson's daughter because jennifer anderson of course was in the first one and then she's at a gas station in the middle of nowhere in a place and i can't remember if this if the name of the place is revealed it must be revealed in the first movie too devil's lake so of course this place is going to suck and it's also <laughs> in south dakota i believe so it's like wow how much more could this place suck i'm sorry if we have listeners from the dakotas i'm sure it's very nice i've been there a few times but i just really don't remember much about it or anything really sticking out i never really met any leprechauns but it just seems like they're in the middle of nowhere we find that She's there to help rebuild the house that her mom owned that was the leprechaun house to help like a sorority build a new sorority house. And that's a great setup for a horror movie, really. I mean, I got excited as soon as I realized like what I was getting myself into. 
But almost immediately, we are introduced to the character of Ozzy at the gas station. And I was like, shit, that guy looks really familiar. And of course, because pretty much one of the only other movies that that guy was ever in was the original Leprechaun. So they did manage to get that throwback in there. Were you, uh, how about you, Sean? Were you happy to see Ozzy there at the gas station waiting to creep on some ladies? So I actually didn't recognize that that was, in fact, the same guy from the uh, original film until later on when they actually, along the storyline, do get into that. And in which case, it sort of clicked and made more sense. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing him and being like, damn, that guy looks familiar and his like mannerisms are really familiar. Does he just get is he one of those that guys that just gets typecast as like the bumbling, like hick farmer guy, like the creep? <laughs> and then I looked, I was like, oh no, shit, it's the same dude from Leprechaun. Okay, he's basically playing a grown up grown up version. Um yeah. yeah. And uh he's kind of endearing, you know, she calls the number, like she's abandoned there because of course the girls who are supposed to pick her up aren't gonna pick her up. And she calls the local, she looks up for a local cab service and it's Ozzy's cab. And that's when, after he's already offered to give her a ride and she's like, no, this is sketchy. Suddenly he answers his phone and he's Ozzy's cab service. I thought that was pretty funny. But then, so he brings her out there, realizes that it's the, the house from the original that they got trapped in with fighting the leprechaun. But on the way out there, and here, let me, let me get your thoughts on this, Sean. He says a couple times, like he almost knows before she even mentions anything that would give an inkling that she is supposed to be Jennifer Aniston's daughter, he says, oh, you remind me of someone. She doesn't look like her at all. Yeah, I know. That's... <laughs> like, she doesn't look like her. She doesn't sound like her. She doesn't... There's a couple times where she delivers lines in the film that almost feel like Jennifer Aniston's character from Friends. How she would, like, sit, like, the, the, like the inclination and the tone of her delivery sounds like that, but... Besides that, I'm like, there's no way anybody would be like, oh, you must be her daughter. Yeah, I think that was done to sort of reinforce to the audience in case they weren't getting the message that, okay, it's going to be her daughter. Not only because she said so, but because someone who knew her mom said she looked like her. So it wasn't necessary, but I feel it was there to sort of drive a point home or at least attempt to. Yeah, bring bring the story kind of along or bring it bring it together, make it more cohesive. Definitely, because there are definitely going to be some parts of this movie that we're going to get into that don't make a lick of goddamn sense. And maybe it's the luck of the Irish. Maybe the scriptwriter was drinking a little bit of the Irish whiskey while he was scribbling his notes. But next, when she's dropped off at the house, we meet the rest of the girls who none of a, none of which apparently know each other to start with they're all perfect strangers by the time they've basically signed up to do this project and build this uh build the sorority which i don't know if you notice and i can't remember the actual sorority name but their symbol is au which is the chemical symbol for gold which i thought was great because the leprechaun's basically trying to find his gold the whole time and it's just the house is gold essentially but then the girls are basically there doing all this like farm work and doing like they have solar panels set up and they're talking about how they've been out there for days and they don't have internet, and they don't have electricity, and they don't have running water, and it's like, okay, well, shit, like, what have you been doing out here, really? Like, what's the, what's the idea? Basically, I thought their priorities were really screwed up, because then later you see that the inside of the house is almost full, like, not fully furnished, but it's decorated, and their shit's moved in, and all the dorms look like stereotypical, you know, college dorms that you see in, like, TV or movies, and I was just like, 
okay, so you decided to do all that before uh, setting up any of your other possible day-to-day needs like water water wasn't there electricity wasn't there like what it like that that was just me that thought that was weird right no all internal i guess we'll call it cosmetic renovations were fully complete however they still had plumbing problems they still had electricity problems they didn't have anything done that would actually require you to get inside walls Yet they had the walls completely finished and redone themselves. Yeah, and they kept they kept doing this weird thing where like the girls would play dumb, but then they would come out like especially when the guy like there's guy characters that come around because of course one of the girls is a party girl and brings these dudes home, and there's the one girl who's like the snooty head of the sorority. Like they're very archetypal character sets that were were, were introduced to. There's the one girl who's kind of the the slut character, and then there's the one girl who's the party girl, and then there's like I said, the the girl is kind of bossing the rest of them around. And they have this moment where when the guys show up, they all act dumb and ditzy, but then they come out with all this scientific, technological know-how. Like the one girl keeps talking about how she's trying to to hack a solar panel to give them internet, which I don't think is a thing. <laughs> right. So every single one of the characters, they're all very, like you said, very stereotypical, like uh, co-ed college horror movie stereotypes there's the bitchy one that's always drunk the stressed out control freak the but yes every one of them is on registers at a certain level of dumb until it gets to the point in the story where it's convenient for them to be smart about something in which case they're extremely knowledgeable beyond what even just a normal college kid majoring in whatever that might be is yeah we're like the one part where the girl's trying to figure out like why the electricity went out and suddenly she's an electrical engineer and she knows how she's like oh it's the fuses but then she tries to explain it and it's all this like high-end high-end speak technological know-how about electricity or there's a part later where one of them gets stabbed by the leprechaun and she's like oh i think he stabbed me in my trapezius and the other girls are like what she's like oh never mind my back and it's like okay i guess that means you're smart or at least you studied anatomy it's this weird ongoing joke almost that they're like, oh, yeah, that, like they're smart. They're going to survive this. But we sort of realize throughout the film that we don't really necessarily want most of them to survive it because they're all dumb and annoying in their own ways. Have you ever seen the movie Meteor Man? Yes. All right. One of his powers is that anytime he touches a book for 30 seconds, the entire contents of that book are known and completely understood by him so literally the best way to describe them not being stupid is that at any given time they're touching one of their college textbooks and that gives them because almost immediately 30 seconds later they are back to their themselves they're back to the just generic ditzy uh, no common sense individual character you're gonna go. You're gonna go with the Meteor Man reference and not just be like, "I know Kung Fu from the Matrix." Like, you just had it jacked into your brain. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'd rather reference Meteor Man than Matrix. Yeah, that's true. That's a deep cut. That's a good call. But yeah. So okay. So once we're introduced to the characters and kind of how dumb they are, and like we're all like we're not really rooting for anything. We're not even at this point rooting for Jennifer Aniston's daughter. It's just kind of like whatever. 
Like we know their meat that's set up to be slaughtered by the end of this film. We haven't even, I don't think, yeah, at this point we haven't even met the leprechaun because basically what happens, and here's a, this is, this was kind of a weird setup. Ozzy drives away, drops the girls off, reintroduces the girls. They all suck. And then he realizes he left his phone or he lost his phone. And so he turns around and goes back to the farm. There's no, there's no scene where I don't think there was any scene that shows him drop the phone. Goes back, finds his phone next to the well where we see in the beginning of the movie, they play the replay of the, the original uh, leprechaun kill where he melts and he dissolves and he falls down in the well. So he's been in this well for 25 years. And Ozzy picks up his phone, acts all tentative about it. And he's like nervous, you can tell. And then he hears a noise that just sounds like leprechaun laughter. So he grabs a four-leaf clover, which we know hurts the leprechaun for some reason. And he's going to throw the four-leaf clover down the well because that's going to fix whatever bullshit's about to happen. And then he gets, like, reverse Nickelodeon slimed, basically. Like, it just shoots up out of the well. This green water, this green blast of water shoots up out of the well. And he gets sick, or he seems like he's getting sick. And then he tries to drive away. And he pulls over because he's getting so sick. And we have the first kill of the movie, which is poor little Ozzy. Now, as we go through, I'd like us to rate these kills because I have them all marked here. So the Ozzy kill, do you want to describe it, Sean? So it's as if, all right, so a chest burster in Aliens <laughs> at least has the decency to just come out all at once and through a single hole, just precise getting out of there. Whereas for our leprechaun, he decides to almost, I guess, like Superman's baby might punch out its way out of Lois Lane's womb. One fist goes out one hole, then another fist, and then a foot comes out, and then another foot comes out of another hole, and then the head bursts out. And at one point, it looks like the leprechaun is driving an Aussie mech because he yeah. just has his, he's poking out of Ozzy's stomach and chest while Ozzy gets up and runs. Yeah, it reminded me of that part in uh, Dead Live where the zombie baby's like, you find out that he's been taking over the woman from the inside and then he bursts through her face and sort of, yeah, drives around like a mech. But yeah, it was almost like a weird little baby bursting out of a pregnant way. It was kind of terrifying, but also kind of adorable because then we also realize that's when we meet the leprechaun and his first words are, Papa! Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> One thing I do have to say that, are we supposed to, and this might be jumping ahead a little bit. Are we supposed to assume that Ozzy had eaten one of the leprechaun's gold coins and it was in his belly? So he did. I believe I do remember that from the first movie. He does swallow one of the gold coins. And that's happened before. And I can't remember if that was in the first movie or the second movie. But there was the one. Because it harkens back to that one kill where the leprechaun makes the pot of gold burst out of the guy's gut. Do you remember that one? I do. Because, yeah, he wished for the pot of gold and... So he gave it to him, but he put it in his gut. And then I think yeah. it was the third one when they were in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, that's what I enjoyed about because it, it almost felt like a little bit of a callback. But I think what it was was the combination. He sort of tries to explain it. There's a few parts in the movie where even the leprechaun tries to explain some of the plot. It's like, why bother? The plot's already all over the place. But he explains how any bit of leprechaun left can regenerate itself. And we do see that later in the movie, which is kind of fun. But this point, I think the the symbology of the green neon green water splashing out of the, the well and then going down Ozzy's throat was basically the, what conveyed the leprechaun into his gut somehow. 
that was what I what I sort of took away from that. And then he just sort of burst out after he regenerated Nazi's poor stomach. Now I have another point to make though. I don't it jumps later to the into the movie, so I don't wanna make any spoilers or anything at this point, so I can hold on to it if you want until later on. Well, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, we should have probably set up ahead. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. So that's fine. If you have something that's that's relative to what we're talking about, go for it. All right. So the control freak head of the household, we'll call her, mentions that they were told that the water was bad by the townsfolk. Mm-hmm. She yep. claims that she tested the water that was currently in the well. So obviously she would have had to go over to the well, draw mm. the water from the well. Not to mention that later on in the movie, you, spoiler alert, you find out that she had already discovered his gold yep. to great length, and she had handled a lot of it. She had been carrying it around, sent it to Bismarck to get cash for it. <laughs> so what I don't understand is, so he ultimately burst himself out of Ozzy because he sent the single coin. I just feel, how is there not a better opportunity already for the leprechaun to have sensed his goal to have come out of this well and sort of regenerated himself through this chick i mean i know obviously they want to keep her around so they can show her death later on and they have more characters but i don't know they slipped that i already tested the water thing in right there at the beginning they could have just not had that because that wasn't critical to any part of the story and then you wouldn't have dicks like me trying to poke holes in the plot. No, it's true. That's actually that's a good point because that is a huge plot hole. It could have just been like a one-woman show. And when she finds the gold, steals some of the gold, tests the water. Because he even, the leprechaun several times says that his power is stronger when he senses like his gold in close proximity. So wherever it was stashed was too far away from where he was stuck in the well. But then when she had it, she brought it back to the house, which would have been much closer to him. So he would have been powerful enough to get her assumedly when she took that water sample so yeah i think you're right i think that's actually a pretty big plot hole it's glaring now that you think about it but that would have been a much shorter movie True. this movie itself is like probably it's was it like a hair under two hours it was actually a decent length for a horror movie yeah it's between about an hour and a half and two hours yeah so now we're at the fun part though not not sean's version of the movie that would be over already so in this in this version the leprechaun is burst out of ozzy and basically he's realizing that he doesn't have he doesn't have full power so at that point we realize that the leprechaun's back doing doing his dirty deeds ozzy's dead and we check back in with the girls and they're all picking on the new girl they're all picking on jennifer aniston's daughter they're having like a party the drunk girl brings two guys back and one of the guys has apparently screwed one of the other girls and that's whole like, all this girl drama is basically brought to the forefront where the one girl's like, I'm not going to sleep with you again. And then they always, every time she says that five minutes later, they're boning again. And that becomes kind of like a running joke. But then we're basically introduced to this the plot line that Jennifer Anderson's daughter is obsessed with her mom. She basically was living at home, taking care of her while she was sick. She died. She wound up dying of cancer. But then beyond that, we find out that Jennifer Anderson's character was basically pinned with mental like people assume that she had mental illness because she always told these stories about the leprechauns and the monsters that were chasing her so everybody thought she was crazy so she probably didn't have a very good end of life 
But then when she tells the story, of course, this sets everyone up to believe that this girl is also crazy by the time that the leprechaun shows up and she starts seeing the same stuff that her quote unquote crazy mom also saw. Right. Which so, I feel that was sort of a missed opportunity because they play into that a little bit, but it's almost resolved within only a couple minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just it's kind of like a little flourish that's oh yeah, and then there's this. And it's like, okay, that'll come back, and she's just kind of doing a service to herself. And the the relationship between some of the characters, like the one girl's a real bitch to her. She's like, Oh, you must be like right off the bat, the one the drunk girl is like, You must be crazy like your mom. Like why do we care? We don't want to hear anything about your mom. You think the other girls who have been at least a bit nicer to her are going to like be a little bit more sensitive. But even the one girl, the 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 head of the household, as you call her, she takes her aside and she's like, yeah, a little pro tip. Just what? You don't talk about your mom anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. just don't. <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit. And then at that point, there's sort of like a, a back and forth. We see the progress of the the leprechaun sort of making his way back. And there's one of my favorite kills in the movie when he bumps into the mailman and he, the mailman's like getting ready to deliver some mail. And of course, somehow the leprechaun's just hiding in a mailbox, grabs him, pulls him in and gets his head stuck in the mailbox. And you think, oh shit, he's going to rip his head off or like something's going to, he's going to gouge out his eyes or something. Oh no, no. He gets the mailman's head stuck in the mailbox. The mailman tries to stand up and he's bumping around and he accidentally runs into his truck and knocks himself out. And he's on the ground and then the leprechaun's back in the mail truck and he backs up over the guy's head in the mailbox and basically squishes the dude's head in the mailbox with the car for for a pretty satisfying gross death for death number two in the film. Comes out like a tube of toothpaste almost, but uh, it was this death that made me realize that all right, the kills in this movie are going to be what I can only describe as goofy gruesome, which really plays to the more comical aspect of the movie i'll say which is the aspect that plays successfully more to the comical genre of the movie rather than some of the other attempts at humor that they make yeah definitely i think some of the jokes some of the jokes in the movie are pretty great and like well-timed or funny and they call themselves out or they just reference their own like well that was the joke but also at times it's like what what just happened and it sort of made me feel one thing i was gonna i was gonna leave until later but i think this is actually a good point to bring it up it reminds me a bit of yes old leprechaun movies but also one of our favorite franchises the wishmaster series now who it's do you funny you <laughs> say that because the opening credit scene of this reminds me exactly of the trippy opening credits from the wishmaster where it's just the way it's <laughs> shot with the sudden transitions between them and the trippy visuals doesn't really match up to a leprechaun movie but that would have matched up more so to say oh wishmaster movie when it shows that type of transitions at the beginning of him trapped in a little soul gem yeah yeah like i would i would totally love for them to do because i think i think wishmaster was new line or or miramax potentially i can't remember but I would love to see that as a crossover. Wishmaster versus Leprechaun would be an incredible movie. That would that would be a good one. Now, who do you think, without without going on too much of a tangent and, and taking this train off the tracks, who do you think would win in that case? In a Freddy versus Jason-like scenario, who would win in Wishmaster versus Leprechaun? So, if it has the involvement of third-party, say, humans, I feel that they would end up using 
the leprechaun to have to sort of take out the wishmaster because the wishmaster is more his weakness is being bound by rules associated with his existence as a jinn but the leprechaun even though again getting back into why they might not be the same leprechauns exactly if you look back through the franchise there are countless different weaknesses that he has including like wrought iron four-leaf clovers only then it's anything laced with four-leaf clovers then clover itself specific types of gold or amulets it gets into it gets to the point where well in this movie uh, he's weak against electricity and fire yeah Whereas, yeah with the wishmaster really you have to outthink him there's nothing that you can really do to damage him okay so the wishmaster comes out on top yeah i mean it would probably end the same way that you think Freddy vs. Jason ends, where Jason sort of wins, but he, as he's carrying Freddy's head, Freddy opens his eyes. Yeah, true. There's no real winner. Everybody who watches the movie gets to win, basically, by by enjoying enjoying the film itself. I agree. I think that's I think that's a fair estimate. We could we could debate this forever, but I think the same. I think Wishmaster would probably be edge edge the Leprechaun out. But then again, like you said, if there's eight specific separate Leprechauns. That would be an interesting way to convey that idea that maybe it's Wishmaster versus eight Leprechauns. <laughs> I mean, now, if it was any of the Wishmasters versus the Hornswoggle Leprechaun, <laughs> the Wishmaster would win instantly because when they made that movie, he had no magic. He didn't even talk. It was basically a feral little green man yeah. running around in the woods. Yeah, yeah, the character was... That's what I was happy about this one, because, like, let's talk about the Leprechaun and Leprechaun Returns a bit to bring it back around. That's a good point, actually. This one is more of a return to form. Not only does he really push the the shitty, fake Irish accent, he speaks in rhymes, and he tells dirty jokes and little limericks and stuff, and, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed some of the stuff. Like, when she kicks his head off at one point, he's like, oh, you give great head. Like, Ugh. Oh, yeah, I thought... <laughs> This leprechaun was definitely written very well to be a reflection of the leprechaun from not just the first one, but it really takes pieces with like the limericks and everything from some of the other movies. It's done really well to be a reflection of the franchise itself, where the leprechaun origins was almost like, no, we want nothing to do with the franchise other than the fact that it is a quote-unquote leprechaun. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, this this movie really made up for that and the fact that not only did it cater to the original series and the fans of those movies, it also brought certain things in. Like, we're going to get back into it. Basically, right now, we have this classic leprechaun portrayed by a new a new actor, but really, really channeling his inner classic Warwick Davis leprechaun. So one of the girls... If anyone won an award acting wise i would honestly say the leprechaun (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was definitely the funnest out of everyone the other again like i said like i wasn't rooting for any of the any of the human characters i kind of wanted them all to die sometimes i go into these shitty horror movies and i'm just like wow all these characters suck like i'm fine with all of them dying i don't need a final girl i don't need to final anybody i just want to enjoy this movie and at this point basically we're back in the house and one of the girls has offended Jennifer Aniston's daughter by making jokes about her being crazy. So she's like, I'm going to go to bed. And so she goes up to bed. The other, the other girls are fucking off doing whatever. The one's getting drunk by herself. 
the other one's banging that guy that she said she wasn't going to bang. Now, the guy that keeps banging the girl who says she's not going to bang him, he's the one that I said sounded either like he was trying really hard to hide an Irish accent or he was trying really hard to pretend like he had an Irish accent. His, his, yes. his delivery was just really across the board awkward and weird in every scene that he was in. I No, I completely understand what you mean and listeners may not really know exactly what we're getting at until they actually watch it and listen for themselves and they'll be like, oh yeah, so this guy, I in all my notes, I described as the dude bro, because that's ultimately what his <laughs> character him, came down to. I called him the fuck boy. He was the fuck boy in my notes. All right. But yeah, he was the stereotypical, like, asshole, frat, dude bro. Yeah, the way he was delivering his lines, I think I would not be surprised if he did have a different type of accent. And this was his way of delivering much like the characters for a lot of the girls a dumbed down not just your average american but a dumbed down version of an american accent because it sounded like he was trying to make himself sound below average intelligence yeah like he was trying to play himself down a bit like definitely because some of his deliveries were just way off and it was either him there were the two men there was him and then the other guy who was like the the tech tech nerd who was obsessed with movies his character yeah, was, was so even though they were friends they were definitely like exact opposites that guy is more or less the main character's love interest who you know is okay for her to love because he has redeemable qualities and uh, <laughs> they're all like at the same time you're like yeah they're all still utterly disposable like i don't want anybody to necessarily have a happy ending here i'd be fine if they all died and it's like okay but this guy keeps like making references to movies and saying all this obnoxious shit. And he's got a camera that's on a drone and he keeps pointing cameras at people. And there's all these scenes in the beginning where, and I think that sort of hints later on when we see why, but I was worried that it was suddenly going to switch to like a found footage film at one point. Cause it was like, why do you keep doing these like, like first person camera shots for this guy? Like, what's the point of that? Yeah, it's and like then when they that... made the character, it's like, all right, we don't want to give him a personality. So we'll give him hobbies. <laughs> exactly yeah we want him to be known as like the cam the movie nerd and he's just like well did this person quit when they made this movie but the one part that i love is when he's basically almost sacrificing himself and the girl's like he's like oh did would would warner herzog have given up if he tried to make this movie and she's like oh no you're definitely warner Hertzcock. who's warner Hertzcock?" <laughs> and i was like okay that was a pretty good joke that was a good one but yeah, so basically we're introduced to these guys. They're there. They're having a pizza party. Jennifer Anderson's daughter gets butt hurt, goes to bed, gets woken up by a noise, and then the leprechaun's just in her room. He sort of is there at the house, appears to her. She has sort of like a breakdown and doesn't know what to do. And at this point, we've already established that she's very much like she can take care of herself because clearly she's been taking care of her mom like for a very long time and she's very responsible and resourceful and she's she's the one who's smart but like doesn't have to pretend to be dumb and there's that weird scene too where uh they're basically trying to they find out that the entire basement is flooded and she just knows how to fix that like i thought that was a weird scene where she goes down and there's basically like waist deep water like basically the entire basement is just fucked and, and the other girl comes down you, and has, meteor man that's how she knew how to fix it 
And she's like, oh, I can fix this. Just give me the water pump for a couple hours. It'll be fine. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But so having this, suddenly there's this girl who is set up to be the most prepared, has to fight a leprechaun. The leprechaun ditches. And here's also, there was the one creepy part where he mimics her voice, which I thought was going to be more, which I thought was going to come back more, but it doesn't. It just happens in that one scene where she like yells back to the other guy it, with her voice, which I thought was pretty creepy. Which but, doesn't even amount to anything. Like, there was no... He did it, but really for no reason. It didn't... There was no payoff whatsoever for him mimicking her voice. Yeah, he didn't react to it at all. But then that was when, again, it switched back to, like, night vision, point of, point of view, camera shots, and he sees the leprechaun kind of run by. And she's losing her mind, saying, I've seen... Le-, like, she doesn't call it a leprechaun until later, but she's like, oh, there's, like, a monster, and he thinks it's an animal... And so they're kind of trying to, like, clear the house. And then he has a moment where he is basically um, the leprechaun stops chasing people. And then he has this weird heart-to-heart with the the drunk girl, who's basically always drunk and kind of a jerk and fermenting vegetables in the basement to make vodka. And he's so he's basically sitting on the the ledge of the, the kitchen counter, and he's having this talk with her. And then we're introduced to the plot of them thinking they're either like too drunk or too high to realize that it's a leprechaun. And a couple of the characters, both her and the dumb guy want to take selfies with the leprechaun, which I thought was kind of funny. But then there is this odd beat where everybody decides to clear the house because they think there's like an animal loose in there. And we lose track of drunk girl and everybody sort of rallies outside the front of the house. And then she's the last one to come out and, you can already tell that she tells some BS story about how she escaped from the leprechaun, Mm -hmm. which is like, okay, so there's something weird going on there. But one of the things that happens in their whole like scramble to like figure out what's going on because they're all panicked that there's an animal loose in the house is the leprechaun does admit that he doesn't understand modern technology because when the girl takes a selfie, he's like, Oh, it's a Walkman and a camera when she has like an iPhone. (laughs) Mm-hmm. which I thought was hilarious. So all the movies were made in the 90s. So, of course, he's not going to recognize, like, what a smartphone is. Which um, I thought was a pretty good throw. I thought that was a pretty clever throwback. I mean, because, well, yes, it makes sense. It didn't necessarily need to be in the movie, but it it paid off, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And then the part where they're they're kind of trying to discuss, they finally, like, powwow out, out front of the house, and they're like, oh, what's going on, what's going on? And that's when Jennifer Anderson's daughter's like, oh, it's a leprechaun. And everybody's like, no, you're fucking crazy. And then Drunk Girl comes out and she's like, no, it is it is a leprechaun. Here's my selfie with the leprechaun. And then everybody's like, oh, shit, there's a selfie. I guess that's proof. <laughs> and then arguably one of the best parts of the movie, the, um, the overbearing like leader of the sorority who's like always like anxious and crazy about everything. She says, well, what if it, it must be a crackhead that got a hold of the wrong stuff? And you know what that's from, right? No, I didn't get the reference. So that's a quote from that that viral video that was going around the internet for a while about the um, the leprechaun in the hood when all the all the people were like, "Oh, y'all see a leprechaun? Say yeah!" <laughs> and then it's just like oh. it was into the song that's like, "Give me the gold, show me the gold." And I was like, "That's awesome! I'm so happy that they included that in there." Because then there's that one part where it cuts away and the little old lady's like, "Must be a crackhead that got a hold of the wrong stuff." <laughs> So I was like, oh, man, they're really going for it with this movie. (laughs) Sorry, my finger is far from the pulse of YouTube, so I wasn't aware of that reference. 
Oh God, this is an old one. This probably ha- this probably came out when we were in college, so it's been probably more than ten years. So you've had time to catch up. I'll sh- I'll send you the video okay. when we're done. But it's here where we have our next death. Uh, and Sean, I'm going to let you talk this one through. Basically, earlier in the movie, we have the setup where after that girl who said she's not going to boink that guy boinks him and putting a solar panel on the roof. And she talks about the fact that he's screwing it in wrong and they have a fight. And then she says she's not going to boink him again. So he has his little fight with the leprechaun because the leprechaun catches him peeing in the woods. And then he he gets like ragdolled by the leprechaun. The leprechaun throws him around and then throws him up against the house and he thinks he's going to have like a real Donnybrook with the leprechaun, but then what happens? So, while you did say there was a uh, callback to earlier on in the movie where they're installing the solar panel, and she yells at him for screwing it in wrong. However, that wasn't even required, because what the leprechaun does is he uses his power to pull a single screw that was holding the solar panel onto the roof out of the, I guess, the bracket of holding it there, which we don't need, oh, you're doing it wrong to be pulled out. They could easily just pull it out anyway. Just show the fact that they were installing the solar panel so we know it's there. That would have been just as well. However, Leprechaun uses his magic, his telekinesis, pulls the screw out, the solar panel then slides down the roof straight onto asshole dude bro who is standing directly underneath it. Chad, let's call him Chad. Okay, Chad. He <laughs> definitely looks like a Chad. So it falls on a Chad. And it even though regardless of how thick a solar panel actually is and the fact that yeah. it did have a blunt edge, it hits him and slices him cross section straight down the middle. So He's facing away from the house. His front half falls forward, and his back half falls back. Like, he doesn't have bones or anything. He's literally bisected. Like, yeah. it's so great. <laughs> it's I like, think that was... Uh, totally do you remember the cell? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's totally what I was thinking about. The horse with the yep. panels? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. That's... uh. That's the one reason why I don't have solar panels on my house, because I'm I'm totally afraid of that happening to me. <laughs> yeah, well, in reality, it would have just crushed him, broken probably his neck, some bones, and he would have folded up a little bit on some joints. He would have just collapsed to the ground and would have smashed him. However, this yeah. goes back to the fact that Goofy Gruesome is the theme for the kills, so it goes along with that. So that's why I accept it. i think yeah i think that was my favorite favorite kill of the movie but then basically at this point we're we're two or three people down at this point and the 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 kids start getting their shit together and they're going to try to run away because they have no idea what's going on i don't think at this point if i remember correctly he's asked anybody directly for his gold except for jennifer anderson's daughter and um so he's chasing around i think the one the overbearing girl and he finds her in a closet and this is when one of the parts where she throws shoes at him. And I always think this is great that they include this kind of stuff. And one of the things is, like, uh, leprechauns can't leave, like, shoes lying around. They have to, like, organize them. So he goes through this whole row where he has to pick up all the shoes and put them back neatly. And the last pair is a pair of Crocs. And he looks at them and he's like, yeah, I should have I killed her and saved fashion for these ones. And he just throws the Crocs away. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> 
then it's at this point that the kids get a car finally and start driving away. And I'm thinking, okay, so the girl, the drunk girl is the one who's driving. Like, why out of all of them, who none of them are really injured at this point, like, none of them are hurt, none of them have sprained an ankle or, like, would not be able to drive, but the drunk girl's driving. And finally, she's, she almost gets into an accident. And her line is, sorry, I'm really drunk. And it's like, yeah, there's four other pe- three or four other people in the car that could have driven. Why is she the one that they chose to drive? <laughs> it's worth mentioning, sorry, just prior to them actually getting in the car, that's when the drunk girl and Jennifer Aniston's daughter go back to get the keys for the car. And the drunk girl manages to lock Jennifer Aniston's daughter into the basement of the house. Oh, that's true. That's when we find out the turn. Tells them yeah. all that. That's when we. It's revealed to us that she made a deal with the leprechaun that if they just give up Jennifer Anderson's daughter, they can all or she can leave or whatnot. So while you're aware of this, the other members who jump into the car with her are not aware of this at that point. True, because she lies to them and tells them all that she died and. Right. Basically, that's that's why the drunk girl's character changes because she knows she she's under the impression she's going to get away because she has an inside she's an inside man with a leprechaun. She's basically made a deal with him, but then we find out later, not too much sooner after that, because basically while they're driving, one of the best parts in the movie where basically the leprechaun is essentially the green goblin. <laughs> he shows up because we totally forgot about the fact that this this fucking tech movie guy had a drone out of nowhere. The leprechaun is flying on the drone, controlling the drone, flying the drone. He looks like the freaking Green Goblin, laughing and maniacally chasing the car. They have this great chase scene where the, the leprechaun on the drone is, like, back and forth, like, beating against the car, and the car's trying to zoom up, whatever. And then that's when, uh, I believe, they got into an accident, and they wind up having to, like, run away from him. But, like, the, the few minutes of the, the leprechaun on the drone were pretty great. So this and, is a perfect time that it paid off that it's not purely a sci-fi original. In addition to the special effects with the deaths, stuff like this, had it not had the Lionsgate partnership, it would have looked so bad. Whereas this, it was... It was decent, well, yeah. It was well done to the point where it was intentionally comical and not just you laugh at it because it's absolute garbage. It was, <laughs> it was done well and intentionally funny. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the production value shines through when you see a little green person flying around on the drone. It's pretty. It's pretty great. But then this is where uh, things turn for the drunk girl because she has she sort of exposes herself and gets into a conversation because everybody else is trying to run away from the leprechaun, and she says, "No, we had a deal. You wouldn't lay a hand on me." And he agrees. He's like, "Yeah, I won't lay a hand on you." And then we as viewers are like, "Okay, well, he's going to do something where he kills her without his hands. Like that's all that means." Exactly. That becomes. <laughs> As you had said, that becomes Wishmaster-esque, where yeah. Yeah, it's all about yeah. twisting the words. And so, at this point, this is one of the weaker kills, I think, because then she just runs away. She decides to screw everyone else, and I think she even says something to that effect as she leaves. She's like, screw all you other dumb assholes, I'm out of here. And so she's running through this field. There's another farm that's surprisingly not that far away from their farm, considering that everybody in the beginning of this movie has set it up as being like out in the middle of nowhere and not near anything. So she's running through another farm. And all of a sudden, all these sprinklers start going off. Like, every sprinkler on the farm start going off. And she gets so distracted by it because, God, like, none of us have ever run through sprinklers as children. And it's just really dangerous to do that, I guess. 
so there's all these sprinklers spraying water at her and she's really distracted and then all of a sudden one of them just kind of flies up and into her mouth <laughs> and i guess that kills her yeah like the sprinkler heads start launching off at her and hit her but yeah i i mean the heads weren't that deep so even though it hits her and lands in her mouth it's not like it was long enough to impale her or anything but all of a sudden being in her mouth just turns it into a sprinkler and it starts spring, like spraying blood in the manner that the sprinklers were doing. So I don't know if we're supposed to assume that, I don't know, it was literally not just sticking in her mouth, but up through her neck or something. I don't know. It's like you said, it's definitely one of the weaker death scenes. Yeah. Like I can see like the imagery was really cool. The blood sprinkler imagery was really cool, but I think they could have done something cooler for her, especially after you realize she's a traitor and she's kind of sucked throughout the whole movie. She probably deserved to have like a worse death or like a more a funnier death. See, now what I actually assumed was going to happen, because when you see her running through and the sprinklers start going off, you know, that's going to be involved with her death. It shows her hopping over like these little bars, which I'm assuming were for the water pumping to the sprinklers. It should have had her trip on one of those. Have uh, the same way in Hot Fuzz, where the bad guy at the end falls on that steeple point, mm-hmm. and it goes up through his lower jaw. It should have had her fall on a sprinkler. It impale from through her neck that way, and then just continuously, still continue sprinkling, and have her head in that like shaky movement as the sprinkler uh, goes back uh, and forth. I think that yeah. would have been a better payoff. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. But then it would I feel like that would have been a little bit too similar to the death later on of the the one other girl, which we'll get into. But I do like that. I kind of like the idea of her like head kind of jerking around like it's the sprinkler. Yeah. That's, that's actually good. You should you should write the next one. I should. <laughs> and then finally, sort of I feel like this this next death cuz basically what happens after that is the remaining girls bump into Jennifer Anderson's daughter who's been able to free herself from the basement and they're still with tech drone movie guy and he basically offers himself up he says like you guys need to run and get out of here like I'll I'll fight him off like I'll I'll try to to delay the inevitable and so he has his showdown as the girls run away with the leprechaun which is kind of kind of anticlimactic but also kind of you realize like okay anybody in this movie can die now Wherein basically it sort of reminded me of that one scene in Austin Powers when the guy is standing in front of the steamroller oh, and it takes and... forever for him to get crushed. Because basically... <laughs> basically the leprechaun shows up, he has the drone controls, and the drone is hovering there very slowly. And the guy kind of backs up against a tree and just starts screaming, and he's screaming, and he's screaming, and the drone is slowly approaching him with its blades out, spinning, spinning, spinning. And it takes forever for it to finally just, like, slit his throat. And I'm oh, like, wow. Even, you... Yeah. Even as it's cutting through his throat, it, he's still alive for, like, a good, I don't know, 10 seconds while it's still, like, cutting into him because of how yeah. slow it's approaching. You had all the time never crossed his mind, I guess. You had all the time in the world to duck, to, like, walk away, to get away from the tree. It's not like you were, like, in a corner or anything. You totally could have gotten out of there. But it's still a good kill. I think even that kill was better than the sprinkler kill. Like, he's essentially decapitated by a drone, which has actually happened. I was reading a news story a while back where that happens with the really super, super duper industrial drones with, like, the crazy metal metal wings and stuff. So watch out if you're a drone aficionado, I guess. Well, yeah, like, uh, I mean, 
before drones happened, I mean, the closest thing you'd have would be, like, remote control helicopters and stuff. But all, like, the heavy-duty ones back in that day, like, I know my dad had one when I was, like, really young. Those were straight-up metal blades that had to spin at a rate that, I mean, you risk getting a finger cut off just launching these things initially. So, yeah, I'm not at all surprised that when you get into, like, the big hobby drones that are, like, three feet by three feet with giant propellers that, yeah, I'm not at all surprised that an accident like that has occurred. Not surprised that they can actually decapitate people and not surprised that, like, uh, probably, like, a baby or a little person could actually ride on one successfully in real life. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, with that being said, like some of my notes get a little spotty here towards the end because I was totally enthralled at this point. Because basically what we go to from here and help me fill in some of the blanks is basically girls are running away. They're trying to formulate their plan and they're trying to get away from the leprechaun. But then they decide to because also the girl at one point. okay, Yeah. So Jennifer Aniston's daughter, when she was while all this was happening, it goes back to a couple cut scenes of her in the basement. Uh, and for some reason, she can see Ozzy's ghost. Yes, that's the part I'm forgetting. Ozzy's There's never ghost. any explanation as to why. However, he helps her to find a map of where the, that they drew, apparently, of where the leprechaun's gold is uh, hidden. Yeah. And she's then able to escape the basement by ripping a sort of screen off of a window and climbing out. Yep, and and so basically she has this map, she runs into the other girls and says, okay, we have to find the we have to find the gold. And then they find the gold in that old abandoned truck, but the pot is like only half full. And this is when the one girl who's like in charge of everything is like, well, maybe I forgot to mention the fact that I found the gold. Before. Yeah, and that's how she's affording the renovations and everything. And Which could have been mentioned at any time ahead of time. Again, like here's a huge plot hole, like, This is what leads to you thinking, like, yeah, this girl probably should have been killed ahead of time, and then it would have been whatever. Leprechaun would have just been waiting for the girls when they showed up, and then Ozzy could have been a more active member of trying to kill the leprechauns or what have you. But so now they have to find a way to trick the leprechaun into thinking they have a full pot of gold. So what's the best idea that you would have, Sean? Would it be tampons? Well, I mean, because it is a... It's that one film within a franchise that has to focus around a sorority and co-eds that one of the staples of sorority horror movies is some sort of joke involving tampons. (laughs) And that was what I was surprised is that not only is he digging through his gold and then he pulls out a tampon and she's like, oh, I guess it must be your time of the month. And then he just dumps the entire pot and their idea to trick him was to literally fill the pot of gold most of the way with tampons and then cover the tampons with the remaining gold. I I don't know. I mean, maybe the leprechaun, you know, was fine with that because he, he recognized tampons as also being 90s technology. Um, <laughs> but, but it's at this point where they also have, and they also, so the idea was that they were going to trick him with the tampon pot. But then he was also suddenly surrounded by iron objects because they realized that he's also allergic to iron. Because earlier in the movie, it's introduced that Jennifer Aniston has bequeathed her daughter with a fool's gold pendant 
that the leprechaun had realized was around her neck, thought it was one of his gold pieces, but then hurt, burned himself on it because it was actually iron that was covered with fake gold. So then the girls are like, okay, well, let's trap him with all these iron things. He's like fiddling with his tampon pot. There's all these like iron things. But correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the pot of gold also probably like wrought iron pot of gold? So how does he pick up the pot? Uh, I assume there's probably like pewter or something, but okay. yeah, I mean, as far as the uh, prop, I guess, uh, whoever's in charge of props goes, yeah, they pretty much made it look like something that was cast wrought iron. Yeah. yeah. And then this is where Liquor Girl, like Booze Hound Girl's fermenting vegetables come back into play because then they have this whole elaborate system set up with the water pump where they have this giant vat of clover juice, which they do refer to earlier in the film and how they all love clover juice. This girl created like clover vodka or something. So that while the leprechaun is trapped in this iron circle of like weights and other iron objects, the girl slams the tube of clover juice down his throat and they pump him full of clover juice until he explodes. And so here's ending one of the film where it's like, okay, he's blown up. Like everything's going to be fine. They've won. Three of the girls survive. Everything's peachy. Everything's great. But then they remind you that the the leprechaun has said multiple times that if any part of a leprechaun survives, then that's no bueno. He can just totally regenerate. So they're like, well, shit, we need to build a giant fire and burn all the itsy bitsy pieces that are left over. And here's where, Sean, I don't know, you must have totally gotten these vibes, but from the next scene when the overbearing sorority leader is basically charged with sweeping up all the guts and blood and whatever, suddenly it's just Army of Darkness, Ash versus Evil Dead, where the little right. bits turn all the into... little bits turn into little versions of the Leprechaun with little hats and everything. Full regalia. <laughs> so every little bit of him turns into a tiny little action figure Leprechaun guy, and this poor girl is like hounded relentlessly by these little guys um and in the meantime while they like throw her against a bookshelf this golden trowel award trophy that she had falls to the ground and you're like oh shit okay i know what's gonna happen next but it goes so far like i feel like that fight scene specifically was yes the windmill from army of darkness when he fights himself all the little versions of himself but also do you remember the first episode of ash vs. evil dead where he's fighting with the the doll that comes to life Mm-hmm. and it climbs on, on his, his face, face. Yep. yeah and that totally ha- like i feel like it's like almost move for move the same thing and i'm like i'm not angry about it that's great i love that i think it's you know it's it's awesome but then this is the death that i think would have been overshadowed by like you said if they did the the sprinkler scene in the same way because then eventually they like trick the girl into falling on the trowel and she impales her face right <laughs> it's like oh shit all right so it's sort of winding down. You can tell the deaths are getting a little bit less intricate. It made sense for her because she was so proud of her accomplishments, but she's eventually just, like, ganked by them. And then so now we have a smart girl who likes to play dumb and do it with all the dudes. And we have Jennifer Anderson's daughter. And Leprechaun has sort of regenerated himself. Now, what, 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 what sort of happens next, Sean? So they have a genius spur of the moment where Jennifer Aniston's daughter goes, wait, doesn't gold conduct electricity? And (laughs) the other one who's some sort of electrical genius is like, yeah, it does. So while the leprechaun is 
walking towards her to kill her, he pins Jennifer Aniston's daughter against the wall. She manages to get a one of the gold coins that was smashed over the floor when the tampon gold coin pot was discovered. Uh, she throws it to the leprechaun. He catches it. The slutty girl then rips a wire from a lamp and puts it on him and the pile of gold that's right next to him. And suddenly he starts getting fried and everything around him goes up in flames. Yeah, I feel like the whole house in general caught fire way too fast. Unless, considering how like earth-conscious this whole group of girls was, maybe the whole house is made of hemp and just super flammable. Who knows? But was it at this point or was it earlier? Did I miss... There was a point where he does start talking in another voice. Remember, he does start talking like Jennifer Aniston. Yes, uh, there's certain points. So he does at one point earlier, but it has no consequences whatsoever. However, uh, after the house starts catching fire, when apparently the electricity's flow stops and it's just the leprechaun walking around on fire, yeah. they're... They're trying to escape the house. They end up having to go down through the basement. And uh, while they're down there, he uses that voice while Jennifer Aniston's daughter is trying to climb out the window to make her, like, I don't know, because she's so emotionally attached to her now-deceased mom that it causes her to second-guess everything. But... Yeah, he, thinks, he, he tries to he tries to trick her into thinking that she can wish her mom back to life. Right, he does do that. Yeah, that's when he uses the voice the first time. Now, did you did you think that was actually for for a hot second? I thought that was actually Jennifer Aniston. Did you think that was actually Jennifer Aniston? So I actually, I mean, the entire time I wasn't sure if it was or not. But I yeah, mean, I it was the, the voice that they got pretty close. So yeah, it was a good it was a good impersonation. I think it was I kind of recognized when I when I looked it up on Imdb, I was like, okay, so it wasn't Jennifer Aniston, but I was like, I know her from something, and it's a woman who's been in a lot of other sci-fi original movies, I feel like, but she did a heck of a Jennifer Aniston impersonation. But I would have been so happy if Jennifer Aniston just, just, <laughs> did just decide to shake off all of her big multi-million dollar Hollywood whatevers and was like, yeah, I'll totally throw down and be in the sequel to the first movie I was ever in, because... Not even little known fact. If you're if you're a fan of horror, you probably know. Yeah, Leprechaun was actually Jennifer Aniston's first movie, which is hilarious. But yeah, okay, so here we are. The house is on fire. They wind up crawling through the basement. Pop quiz hotshot. What is the final line the daughter of Jennifer Aniston delivers to the to the leprechaun while the house is burning down around them in the basement? Oh, I don't I'll be honest, I don't even remember half the stuff they say. I can't remember. She says he, so they're crawling out of the same window she escaped from earlier and he grabs her leg and you, he's going to pull her back into the fire. And she turns around and she says, uh, I've got a limerick for you. Eat a dick. And then he kicks him in the face. She says some eat a dick. I can't remember the whole thing. I, I was hoping you remember it was, it was like eat a dick something. And then she kicks him into the fire and he just gets consumed by the fire and the girls kind of run away. And of of course, the entire house just fucking explodes because, of course, it does. And then this is when, so it's the the two girls that are left, and in the ensuing explosion, a giant piece of shrapnel gets lodged in the the one girl's back, and that's where she's like, "Ah, my trapezius!" 
and we're yeah, like, which oh, is yeah. really only there so she could say the word trapezius. I wish, I guess she was smart the whole time. And then they're sitting there, they're covered in blood, and the house when the house explodes, then a giant deluge of again Nickelodeon slime just falls on them, which I guess you're supposed to uh, assume is the guts of the leprechaun. And that's that's about it. Then that's some random stranger from the college shows up. And and he's shows very up just in time and he's very angry. He's like screaming. He's like, What happened here? And then he turns around and sees two people hurt, and then he's suddenly concerned. And there's another awkward moment where the girls try to wander away. They say some like weird one-off line to him, like, We learned a lesson that's it did, it wasn't even a good line. It was like a shitty line. Like it was supposed to be like an action movie riff. And then they were going to walk away in the sunset. And then the one girl turns around. She's like, no, actually, I'm really hurt. We should probably get a ride to the hospital. <laughs> and then they turn around and, and disappear with the, the strange man from the college. So from here, we're assuming that the leprechaun is dead, right? Like this, that's how movies like this end. Like, that's it. He's done, though. Nothing's nothing happens after that. That's just it. There's only, you know, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Like you said, the uh, green slime did escape burning from the house when it exploded. But it does zoom back in and we see that his hat survived. Yeah. You remember that? It's like, okay, well, yeah, wait. It's just so laying the hat, there. Does the hat count as part of him? Is that Was the slime the part that survived? Or was like, is, it a, is it an atomic level? Or is it just an existence level? Like, where does his power... Yeah, like, by that come... logic, he could just, like, leave his hat somewhere and always regenerate from it yeah put your hat in a giant vault and you're fine <laughs> yeah oh i mean put like a couple pieces of the gold in the hat put the hat in a safety deposit box you can always return to that bank anytime you die yeah or like cut the hat into a million pieces and put them in safety deposit box all over the world like you'd be fine forever like this this leprechaun's got it made but that's where we realize just like many of these other storied horror franchises the leprechaun is in fact not dead the hat survived, the slime survived, he's fully regenerated, and then he's hitchhiking, and he has a little sign that says, Bismarck or bust, and that's when we remember that the girl had traded in all the gold in Bismarck, South Dakota, North Dakota, wherever it is, so he's still trying to get his gold, and he winds up getting on a truck full of chickens, which I, in my notes, called the cock wagon, so he hops on the cock wagon, and he drives off into the sunset, and he's covered in chicken feathers, and he's really pissed. So the leprechaun lives to fight another day. Thus ends the leprechaun returns. Sean, give me your final impressions of this movie. Are you glad that we had this mysterious delivery of this film? Are you glad that we got a chance to review this movie? Do you think other people should watch this movie? I am, because not only did it do a good job making up for the horrid relaunch attempt of Leprechaun Origins, but even though Leprechaun franchise movies are known for being comically bad horror movies, some of them a little bit boring, this was definitely actually one of the better of the Leprechaun movies. So if you're a fan of any of the Leprechaun movies, I highly suggest this one, because chances are, statistically, it's better than whichever one you're a fan of. It's it's true. I, I actually agree wholeheartedly. I think I, I remember seeing the trailer a while back when it was first released and thinking, wow, damn, that actually looks like a fun, fun horror movie, like a fun installment for this series, because I definitely haven't seen all the original. I kind of want to go back and rewatch some of the old ones now. 
Um, I know I've seen at least the original three. Um, but yeah, I think Sci-Fi and Lionsgate put together a great production. I think the deaths were great. I think some of the jokes were funny. The characters were annoying, but that's kind of the, the role of a film like this. But yeah, especially with St. Pat's right around the corner, this would be a great movie to get drunk and watch with your friends. So die up some beer, grab some whiskey, sit down with some of your best bros and brodettes and watch the hell out of The Leprechaun Returns. I also believe it's actually, if you get the sci-fi channel, they are going to be playing it this weekend. So if you have the opportunity, definitely try and peep it there. But yeah, so that is The Leprechaun Returns. Sean, thank you so much for hopping on this impromptu episode of Fear Boners. I know you've been on a few episodes with me before, but can you remind our dear, dear listeners where they can find you elsewhere on the internet? Absolutely, I can. First off, just to plug my own podcast, I host a podcast called Would It Fly, which Andrew has also been a guest host on as well, uh, where myself and a rotating crew of co-hosts, every two weeks we put out an episode in which we discuss the potential and success of some of the craziest ideas if they were implemented in our real life society. So basically just whatever ideas you may ever have that's like, you know what would be cool or you know what I would love? And we just talk about it. You can follow us on Twitter at Would It Fly. Otherwise, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. That's the Would It Fly podcast. All right, great. Yeah, you can definitely check that out there. I've been on a few episodes and I know it is a quality, quality podcast. And again... You can always find us here at Fear Boners. You can find us at Fear Boners D-I-F-P on Twitter, or you can email us directly and make movie recommendations or tell us how much you hate us, how much you love us, how much luck of the Irish you've got in your blood at fearbonersdifp at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out anytime. We'd love to hear from you guys. And with that being said, this has been Fear Boners presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. Again, Thank you, thank you very much, Sean Bukowski, for joining us this evening. And if you like what you've heard, you can find more over on downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page over on facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. You can also email the Down in Front guys directly at thecrew at downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have a YouTube channel where we post some of our video teasers as well as full episodes. You can look for us on there. We also have the Gamescast over on Twitch where sometimes you'll see Bryland or maybe Warren and myself playing some Monster Hunter or Spider-Man or what have you, just shooting the shit. You can find that over at twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. We also have an Instagram where we post a lot of the art from our episodes, the title pages, as well as links directly to the episodes. You can follow us there to keep you up to date. All of these places, as well as Twitter at underscore DIFP or at FearBonersDIFP, we will constantly keep you updated with new content when we release new things. Or you can also go back and look at our back catalog. We're well over 100 episodes at this point, so there's so much listening for you. If it's a new movie, if it's an old movie, classic movie, we have an episode for you at this point that you're probably going to want to listen to if you haven't already heard it. And also, also, also... You guys have heard me say this a few times already, but goes without saying, we love you. We love having this ongoing conversation, and we do it absolutely for free. But if for any reason you feel like you'd love to contribute and help us make sure that we get this content out to you on time, then take a look over at Patreon at patreon.com 
backslash down in front podcast, you can potentially sign up to uh, dedicate a dollar, five dollars a month, what have you. Even a dollar helps. Like an Arizona iced tea, the price is on the can. Every little bit helps us to get this content out to you on time, fresh and delivered to your ears, whether it be on your lunch break, on your commute to work, from work, what have you. We'd love to have you listen to us wherever you are, even if it's on the toilet. That doesn't bother us. Just don't tell us about it. So anyway, thanks again for listening. We'll be back sooner rather than later. And as always, keep it creepy and stay spooky, dear listeners. Mm-hmm.